And hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... <laughs> Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome in to this episode of Big Drive Energy. I'm here with, uh, I'm Spencer, of course. I'm here with my little bro, Mitch. What up, what up? And we've got some special guests for you guys today. We went and played golf. Shout out to Eric, the assistant pro over at Lake Valley Country Club in Niwot. We went and played 18 holes there. Well, I don't know if playing golf was what Mitchell and I did. It was oh, more of just was fucking horrible. showing up and drinking. But uh, other than that, we had a great time. So thanks, Eric, for getting us on out there. We had a good time. Enjoyed it. Beautiful course. Uh, didn't putt well. Didn't hit the ball well. But that doesn't take away Greens from were in good shape. They were quick. Yeah, it was a really, it was a really good track. Um, and so I, uh, I'm going to introduce our, our guests here. So I've known these two very well for like the last probably nine years now, since 2011. We all went to college together. Uh, we all did the PGM program together down at UCCS. Uh, these are my buddies, Chris Bame, the assist, or excuse me, the assistant it's pro. Assistant. Assistant pro, <laughs> sorry. Assistant. First, first assistant pro, yeah. not the second assistant not, pro. Chris Bame, the, the first assistant pro at Red Hawk Ridge, and Corey Thurman, the first assistant pro at Denver Country Club. No, he's a caddy master. He's the no, caddy. No, pro. he's the caddy guy. No, he's the caddy guy. Throw him out I've, there on I've a loop if you're feeling guys. it. Well, it's it's going <laughs> good. Uh, thanks for joining us after kicking our ass today on the course. I'm sure you want to say something about that to start. Yeah, I mean, Chris, take that over. It'd be pretty easy to say, but I'm keep checking my phone every couple minutes looking for a Venmo. Um, <laughs> thought we agreed ninety dollars. Still haven't seen it. It is the ninety. Times might be tough around here. Yeah, I think I'll buy you a couple beers. We'll call it even. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, boy. it is kind of funny nowadays that like it used to be all cash and now you you can gamble and not have any cash or like what's or your gamble Venmo? and not even pay. Like, <laughs> you guys. That's always an option. That's like, the Chris Bay move right there. 100 <laughs> percent. Yeah, you know, I, I threw a few pars in there. It was mainly my man, Corey. He's like, birds. I'm going to head to the parking lot and then you never see him again, like just oh, dips yeah. out. But now he stuck around today and gloated a little bit and that's fine. I uh couldn't find my ass with both hands in a search party on the golf course today so yeah. and those greens were were challenging there was not for everyone but yeah <laughs> i mean Corey rolled it pretty good yeah, it was Corey a couple good, good i was support i laid support chris is a hype man i was more the performer today hey, would man. you agree yeah, I, I laid down pars you got it down with the birds i wasn't trying to be greedy <laughs> well so we start the round have the skins we start the round today and freaking Corey over here Hits it a mile. He hits it further than me, which I don't like to admit to anyone um, or on this podcast, oh, especially. Uh, but he hits it further than me. And so Mitchell and I were actually talking in the bathroom after the round. And uh, he. Oh, yeah. No, no, not <laughs> weird. <laughs> Corey's ball's either in his pocket or he's making a birdie. Because he birdied the last hole to basically just totally sink us. Well, he birdied the, the first last, two and the last two. Yeah, and he birdied they the first like two holes. And literally, I was like, 
this motherfucker's on 59 watch. Like we're, this <laughs> is, a, this is a course record type of shit. Than that. <laughs> and I did know better than that, but I was like, damn, he hit it close well, both you, holes. And that's the other problem is you make a couple birdies. You start thinking about that. Just goes straight down the shitter. More than that, even if for anyone <laughs> trying to pick up golf, if you swing 130 miles an hour like Corey does, you're gonna hit it far, but you're gonna lose a lot gonna of golf balls golf like balls? he does. Yeah. yeah, it's a little risk reward. We, we've actually Not touched on that with though. like Bryson DeChambeau, how impressive it is, how many fairways he hits with oh, how yeah. long he hits it. Like that, that's more impressive than him hitting it that far. Like there's plenty of people who can do that, but the amount of fairways he's hitting it unbelievable oh yeah anyway we had a good day um not enough vodka i don't think i never really caught there was enough no of bev the cart, so. yeah, yeah no bev cart if but it, if it wasn't a free round <laughs> i'd be sending an email <laughs> yeah strongly worded letter no but thanks again for uh having us out guys that was a lot of fun um we want to talk a little bit about the pga tour event this week mostly just to finish because uh, it was but before we do that oh. um if you guys aren't DNVR golf members, you got to get on that. The season's kind of coming to part of an end, but we've got a ton of stuff in store for you guys for the next month. Uh, the polo shipped yesterday, or my girlfriend got her polo yesterday. I tweeted it out from the DNVR golf account. She was very mad that I didn't quote her in the in the tweet, but you know that's how it goes. But anyways, they got the got the polos. They're super nice. I put it on. Took some pictures with it. Uh, super comfortable polo. You guys get that when you sign up for the DNVR golf membership. Along with a bunch of insider access, you get a full DNVR membership as well. So you guys can do that, and you can do that at discounted cost with our code BDE. So use the code BDE, <laughs> and you get $10 off of a DNVR golf membership, which, which comes with a polo, a CGA membership, so you guys can track your handicaps, bet against your friends fairly, and know how many strokes you should or shouldn't be getting. None of it's fair. And uh, so d- sign up, use the code BDE, DNVR golf membership, you get $10 off. All right. So sorry to interrupt you there, Spencer. Um, but yes, we, we wanted to quickly touch on the uh, BMW championship that transpired at Olympia Fields this last weekend. Um, so Dustin Johnson, quick synopsis, Dustin Johnson needs birdie on 18 Hits it to 45 feet. Even the approach shot was unbelievable. Like that yeah, course, the, rough, was, the yeah, rough was playing ridiculous. The rough was yep. stupid, thick. Uh, he landed it literally as in the perfect spot. He couldn't have landed it in a better spot. Still rolled 45 feet past the hole, and he made this downhill double breaking putt that was just like, I was shocked. You know, it's just. I mean, people do it occasionally, but every time you see something like that, you're like, holy shit, like that is some serious, yeah, yeah, serious stones. Especially when you know you need to make it or else the tournament's over. Like it's do or die at that point. And actually, like you never really see any emotion from Dustin Johnson. He gave a pretty good fist bump. and a half fist bump almost. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's kind (laughs) of like not above the the shoulder, but. Without fans too. It's like, how do you celebrate when there's. Well, There's Jamal no... Murray does. <laughs> you know yeah, Jamal fans? Murray is pretty yeah. good. He, like, talks shit to his own bench. Exactly. Like, oh, he, yeah. He yeah. turns to his own bench and starts chirping them. Like, I I, <laughs> I fuck with it. You know, he, he gets into himself. But DJ's not the biggest celebration guy. And then, uh, so him and John Rahm go to a playoff. And then the first hole of the playoff, Rahm makes a 65-footer uh, from close to the same angle that DJ was at. And Rom's an emotional dude, and he fucking he went off. Yeah. Like, big old cool. fist bump. He was yelling, all that. And 
it was just nuts to see a couple of guys that clutch on a Sunday. And by the way, they're world number one, number two. So they were battling out like it was more than just the golf tournament. It was FedEx Cup points and world ranking points, and it was just electric all the way around. So you and DJ's last putt at the end. There it was too, close. Was, yeah, made me hold my breath for. A second and those greens too. were like glass. You could just tell how fast they were. Like he he had what thirty five feet, and he barely tapped it, and uh, it ended up just on the low side, probably six inches out. But it was a. Uh, one of the more fun tournaments I've watched in recent memory. Um, Spencer didn't get the chance to watch because he was basically blacked out here at the DNVR bar <laughs> watching, uh, what was it, Avs and the Nuggets, correct? Yep. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to talk on this a little bit here. <laughs> Played golf borderline all my life. It's still hard for me to watch some oh, of these tournaments, man. Yeah. It is the most electric game to play, but... Well, sitting down and watching for four hours when you don't have any skin in the game, it's tough, man. Well, that's, that's why that's, that's why holes. you gamble. That's why that's you gotta why hop you gamble, on. You gotta <laughs> hop on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The odds and are always good. live bets, all that stuff. They have yeah. all of that. Yeah, if you're not gambling, it's not fun. It's like <laughs> we can all watch our Denver sports teams for and sure. Still get into it even with no money on the line. But oh, no doubt. Trying to watch DJ or Rom when you don't really have any skin in the game. Yeah, I'm watching the Nuggets. See, and I actually. There's a few, and it kind of embodies like these last couple weeks because DJ one shot 30 under two weeks ago, and then Rom won and shot four under this last week. Under, yeah. So those are two different kinds of tournaments that are both fun to watch. Like one where the the course setup's pretty easy, pretty soft, and those guys are just making an absolute boatload of birdies. Uh, that's just fun in and of itself. Like. They make it look so easy, and if you've ever played golf, it is definitely not that easy. But then on the other side of that, uh, shooting four under at a PGA Tour event, actually, it was the hardest non-major in, what, the last 20 years, I think? 20 years, Or yeah. since, since 2001, it was the highest uh, score for a, a non-major winner in any tournament in, like, 19 or 20 years, something like that. So I, I think that's kind of fun, too, and... It gives the casual golfer a chance to to watch professional struggle. So that's kind of yeah. that'd Shout be like if Mark you took Leishman. the basketball hoop and moved it to like twelve feet. What'd you, yeah, what'd well, that's what I was gonna say. Like twenty seven, thirty over. over. <laughs> like Mark Leishman literally played this tournament and he had to play all four that'd days because there was no cut. Me all over he that. was thirty over par. Like last week, Dustin Johnson was thirty under par, and 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 uh, Mark Leishman was thirty over par this week. And something that I think that the PGA Tour needs to bring more to golf and their broadcasts that would make a lot of people start to love the game a lot more is like the players that hit bad shots, the missed, like the two foot putts that are missed. Like that is funny to me. And it's funny to other people watching the game and people that are just starting out playing. They're like, oh, these guys do it too. Because every PGA Tour broadcast, all you see is 30 footers going in. And then, you know, I teach people. They're like, oh, yeah, they make pros make every 10-footer. I'm like, no, you see them make every 10-footer because that's all they show on a broadcast. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... always love a good shank. <laughs> yeah. Always yeah. love oh, a good dude, shank no in, doubt. The, in the broadcast. Scratch TV, I don't know if you guys follow yeah. them on Instagram, but they, they put together a few pretty good compilations. Well, during Shark Week, they put together Shank Week, and they had all the different videos of guys on tour shanking it. It's true, but and to your point about the putts always going in, that's what always drives me nuts. Is you when you're watching PJ Tour, you almost know it's going in. Now when yeah. you're showing like oh, the final guys at just the end, you're not sure and it's live. But if they're pulling over a guy who's yeah. not even in contention, you know the putts in before he hits it. Yeah, 
kind of takes away the yeah. throw. Yeah, they're not really going to show anybody struggling. Like, And I don't know if it would be kind of like fucked up for them to do that. <laughs> like, this guy literally cannot buy a, a three-footer all day. Oh, yeah. Like, he's got the he's yips. Third or, <laughs> double bogey in a row. Yeah, exactly. Like, this guy is going quickly in the wrong direction. Let's get all the cameras over to him. But I personally would, would enjoy it because everybody's been there. I mean... I don't know if you guys ever heard Stephen Bowditch. Uh, so he was, he had a couple of really good years, like five, six years ago. And then like he was in the top 30 on the PGA tour and all this and made it an ass load of money. But then the next couple of years, he literally couldn't break 80. Like, and they had a, that member guest, where is it down in uh, Florida? That's like the most exclusive member guest. Seminole uh, or medalist. That, or yes. At Seminole, they had like the member guests and a lot of PGA tour guys playing that. And Stephen Bowditch tweeted uh, something to the effect of it really put it everything in perspective about how bad I'm playing when my member, like he got invited to play at Seminole and then his member, the member literally asked him to not play and asked <laughs> another PGA Tour guy what? like, yeah, like he was playing that bad. And for years he couldn't break 80, like two or three years. And I think he kind of got it straightened out, but golf is is just that kind of game where it can get in your head to the point where you it can go on for years like you see guys in the nba they go through a shooting slump it can last a game maybe two three mm -hmm. but these guys can literally have seasons of just constant Where's, uh, dog smiley shit. kaufman yeah yeah smiley kaufman the golf boys guy. he uh what, what feel bad for the guy yeah. Kinda... Well, and he was injured too, wasn't he? I think so. But then he just couldn't couldn't get it around. Like the golf boys, surprisingly. Uh, I mean, JT's the the shining star. Even Jordan Spieth, you see him fall off. Yeah, I mean, Spieth is. And I, I also think it's kind of funny that Spieth was like the golden boy a few years back, and now he's almost kind of an I wouldn't say an afterthought, but he uh, like I don't really think of him as a contender versus like. JT or anyone like that and, and he really broke onto the scene before JT but now he's I mean his bank accounts Pat he could live the rest of his life and never play another tour event but uh yeah it's just interesting golf's a very fickle game that way yeah you used to be really good Mitch <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly it's real yeah, very very relatable well now it's now easy money. now I play about <laughs> nine holes every two weeks so I definitely don't get the the repetitions in that I uh, I used to. I I basically yeah, practice. Yeah, yeah. What, five years ago, I'd practice more in a day than I get in about all summer now. So it's uh it's definitely a different game being in the in the club pro setup than being playing professionally or doing anything else. Like you just don't have the time, and when you're not working, you don't want to be there. You're not like, oh yeah, let me hang out at my place of work, like. That's what's so frustrating is you, I mean, we all know we work all day, every day, yeah. especially during these three, four months during the summer, and we expect to shoot even par or better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's this like fairy dream. Like, yeah, exactly. There's no well, way we can go shoot 68 on any given day. We, like we, we were coming down 17 play, today and I'm like, God, I, I was like, I should start practicing again. And then like no. five seconds later, I was like, fuck that. <laughs> like, yeah. never mind. I'm cool with playing. Yeah. I'm cool with playing bad. Like I'm just gonna do my thing and it is what it is like i i just don't have the as much want to anymore like for next monday let's do it again <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be uh bankrupt i'm gonna be living on the side of the road here soon <laughs> if i 
keep playing the way I did and Corey and Chris keep taking advantage of me. But uh, yeah, it was a, it was a rough day for me. I'll own it. I wish I had some excuses. Like I did have a headache pretty oh, pretty fair amount of the okay. day my neck hurt did you do that to yourself though um probably yeah, yeah. I, I was probably a little hungover yeah. um monday is our weekends usually or one one of our weekend mm-hmm. days yeah that's why I, I tweeted it i don't know if anybody saw on the the dnvr golf account i tweeted monday mornings when you're a club pro and it was like jamal murray's face when he was like <laughs> oh, yeah. giving that smirk like that mondays are our prime time so yeah i, I had a few uh few titos last night for sure <laughs> watch the n- well you were nervous uh, yeah was, you knew you were, what was coming the next yeah. day <laughs> I yeah I, I have ptsd from chris lucking up and beating me a couple couple weeks ago out at his home track so um I didn't get the shout, out red, shout <laughs> out red hawk ridge shout out red hawk yeah Cr- so to speak. great great club oh great course i should have the course record there but i don't I sh- you should yeah <laughs> you so should everyone yeah that's <laughs> Mitch and Spence came through, tore it up for nine holes, and then had to go to a high school tournament or something. <laughs> yeah, we had, to go, coaching we had to go to a high Elizabeth. school fucking meeting. And we started on the back nine. I made four birdies in a row to start. We didn't hit any range balls, nothing. We just went out there and ended up... Humble brag. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and I ended up shooting, I think, 32 or 33 on the back nine. Mitchell shot 31 and two putted because he whiffed an eagle putt on 18. So he still From made like birdie. Feet. And uh, right below the hole on 18 there, fucking. And so we were 33 and 31 making the turn and we had to leave to go to a meeting. So the course record at Red Hawk is still safe. You shot 44 in the back. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right. Well, I'd rather it's it's almost better that I didn't play the back as then I could say I should have the course record out there Mm -hmm. versus playing the front nine, shooting 38 or 39 and be like, oh, that was a real fun two, three under round that I shot a hundred times in my life. Gotta understand, everyone listening right now hates us. <laughs> <laughs> they hear you like, oh yeah, th- two under, three under. Yeah, just saying, we don't do that very often. No, borderline ever. No, <laughs> I, I rolled up eighteen today, and I was kind of trying to look at my score in my head, and I was like, oh fuck, I'm gonna probably shoot 83, 84 today. <laughs> you were seventy nine. Oh, I scraped. You guys actually kept no, scores. I think Spencer was eighty. Oh, you were seventy nine. Oh, I broke eighty today, baby. What the fuck, did he break eighty? He didn't have any birdies. <laughs> I, I didn't make any birdies. I made a lot of pars. Like two or three over on the back. Got it together a little bit. Well, yeah, I did take an X on number three. So I, don't I gave know. you a triple on on that. You gave one. me a triple, yeah, and I still yeah. shot seventy nine. Let's yeah. go, baby! I careered it. Take it out. Take it out to the tour. So fucked Let's, up. Yeah. <laughs> See, somehow I still beat Spencer. What'd you guys finish with? Beach at seventy seven. Oh, yeah. so it wasn't that far. Like, no, but, but that's your problem. Is you guys made more birdies? Yeah, we we were in it. Every hole. <laughs> yeah. If it I, wasn't him, it was me. I literally just did not have it. Like, I had no idea where the ball was going. I had the shakes for the first, like, nine holes until I uh, hammered a, a glizzy on number 10. And then I oh, lost yeah. my sunglasses. I was just all out of sorts. You lost your sunglasses um, for, like, six minutes. And then we I was, found it. I was just kind of worried. Yeah, do you here. hear this, guys? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I'm the king up. of making excuses. That's That's my thing. I'll own it. Because uh, I can never personally play a bad round and just have it be all my fault. Like, yeah, I know. That's just not me. So You know, my back was really tight on the first couple double bogeys yeah. and then <laughs> would have had at least a couple birdies. Oh, that yeah. I mean, there's a dog barking. Who but actually said that today? There's a <laughs> <He> bird. Was, 
Oh, Corey, Corey, Corey literally blamed a bird. He missed like a six foot. He's like, you no, hear I, that bird? I whipped like, a chip, dude. I dumped it like two feet. Wouldn't have mattered. Spencer was in bird? the hole for birdie. Like, no shit. We're outside. There's like millions of birds. If you didn't know, Just, they're going to make noise. I do want to give another quick shout out to the cart barn dude at. Uh, he was dope. Yeah. He, Lake Valley. Lake Valley. Lake, yeah. Lake Valley. I keep getting Lake Valley and Spring Valley confused, but Lake Valley. He brought us out. Our glizzies on the turn. We needed some hot dogs. <laughs> they had some sustenance. They had to they had to cook them from the grill. So he's like, "Yeah, I'll just bring them out to you." The dude was really cool. He came out. He brought us hot dogs. Then Mitchell's like, oh, "I'm an idiot. Left my sunglasses on the counter." And then the best part is he brings back a pair of sunglasses and drops them off on the cart when Mitchell wasn't there. And I looked at the sunglasses. And I was like, "Mitchell, do you want the good news or the bad news?" I was like, "He's like what?" And I was like, "Well, he brought you sunglasses. They're pretty dope, but they're not yours." <laughs> And so then Mitchell found his sunglasses like two minutes later in another cart and we returned the other ones. But then he was like, hey, you guys want some drinks? Just let me know. Call the pro shop. I'll run them out here. He's like, it's way better being out here on the course than it is being inside in the in the cart barn. So I was like, yeah, he he kind of made the experience a little bit. He was super cool. Um, Shined up our clubs after the round. Yeah, I do love that. Those pieces of shit. Um, Anyway, we're going to get into a little bit of a. Story like country club stories, a little story time. Well, so, well, first we'll start with you, Chris. So, give the people like a background on how you got to working at Red Hawk, what you did, you know, college. We all know you did what you did for college, but internships, places you worked. Uh, Chris didn't do fucking shit. In college. I thought he, I, I, I thought he, he didn't, out. he didn't study, he didn't fucking do anything, and he somehow backed up everyone else in the <laughs> class. Oh, boys, sure. I had good grades. What are we talking about? C's get degrees. <laughs> oh, dude. I just, it, they didn't think I was putting in work, but behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. Very. Behind good. what scenes? Hey, <laughs> 4 0 in high school, 3 7 in college. Like, Are you serious? No one knew it because I was yeah, intoxicated it, the entire I, I, time. <laughs> it definitely but doesn't seem like you're that smart if we're being no, really I know. honest. Like, no, I'm, I, I guess you'd rather be smart and have people think you're not smart yeah. than actually be not smart and kind of put no, on the No, everyone knows that I'm you, smart. So oh, yeah. Cool. Don't worry about that. But yeah, I'll tell you a little my life story. <laughs> so we'll I get into it. I fell into bit. golf. I, uh, I was playing like every other sport growing up and finally realized I wasn't going to make it to the NBA. That was a tough one when I realized I <laughs> that was a tough pill to, to like swallow for college. So it's pretty early on. I figured that out, but I wanted to do something, uh, something in sports. Sport management was another program they offered up there, and I didn't really sound that interesting. But uh, I remember my parents always being mad because we had the interview, which is apparently it's like tough to get into these PGM schools, believe it or not. It doesn't seem <laughs> like it because of the kids who actually get through. But you got to have good grades and be a good golfer. And I remember we had our interview That's with also uh, Ed Tobel, rest in peace. Relative, yeah. But he, uh, we had an interview with him, and they're like, did the interview, thought I did a pretty terrible job like I do with every interview. And uh, at the end, he's like, what kind of interest level you at? And I remember being like, not really. Like, I might just go do, like, <laughs> business or something and see you. So I kind of didn't really know my career path, got into it, and I loved it. The, uh, a lot of people lose interest, though. Um, haven't exactly felt that yet. I've worked at a few few courses so far. Yeah, where One, else have you worked besides Red Hawk? Uh, well, I started at, uh, God, what they call it? <laughs> what is that? Uh, man, it was so long. Green Gables. Started at Green Gables, and I went to Columbine Country. Isn't that, yeah, isn't that Gables. place no longer even in existence? something else, or is it? Uh, I think they're done, man. I think, I think they just flat out down. shut it down. Yeah, yeah that shit's 
sucked. <laughs> that was <laughs> the no worst wonder. place to work for. Is that over in like Westminster area? Uh, no, it was Lakewood. That's oh, where Lake- I grew okay, up. Okay, yeah. Lakewood. And the uh, so yeah, Green Gables. Then I went to Columbine Country Club. Then I worked with Corey in Prescott, Arizona. That's Shout when Corey. Talking Rock. Yeah. Club, <laughs> Prescott, Arizona. What's up, boys? <laughs> They hated me and loved Corey. I'll tell you what, he was the golden child. I thought I was all going to fail for sure. But Was that on an internship? That was an internship. So, yeah, that's when I realized. Was that your your full one, like? uh, Kind of. They cut me out early because they were sick of me. (laughs) They're like, Chris, you can get the fuck out of here now. It's supposed to be six months. There's like five and a half. Yeah, they were so happy to get rid of me as they offer Corey a full-time job. (laughs) True story. But, yeah, the... uh, so They're like Corey, we will literally give you eighty hours a week so you can cut you Chris. Come back. Oh yeah. God, dude, <laughs> I still have nightmares, man. But the uh, that was the turning point where I decided I'm done with country clubs. Totally done. Probably never gonna work at a country club again. If you if you're a golf pro, you make a little more money working at country clubs, but you got to put up with a lot more shit, and it's a lot slower of a day. There's not as many members. Like we're public course full tee sheet every day, and keeps you kind of busy, not watching the clock at all. But yeah, so I kind of fell into Red Hawk. Um, I hope my parents aren't watching because I found out that they weren't drug testing. <laughs> <laughs> From uh, Jacob. You remember Jacob? What was that kid? He's <laughs> like, how's like, how's Bob, the boss? He's like, cool. I'm like, they drug test? He's like, no, man. I was like, all right. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. That's totally 100% why I went. <laughs> That's actually a funny story because my freshman year, I did my internship at Black Bear. And I, was, I, I found out they were drug testing. And I drank cranberry juice, three helpings of it, at the lodge every day freshman year in the second semester. You didn't even smoke, though. Right? I smoked weed once. Like, <laughs> in, like, Christmas break was the last I time I did. I smoked out. weed on Christmas break, and I was like, I was like doing, I was a expert on how long weed stayed in your system after I started researching <laughs> it because I was so freaked out. I was like, if I fail this drug test, like I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like oh, they would, I, I, they would yeah. cut you out of the program, man. Just start over. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> seriously? Oh yeah. If you if you didn't pass one of your internships, you're done. Oh geez. You fail, yeah. If you fail an internship, and you're, I you're out. remember that story. So yeah, to, back to Talking Rock real quick. The day, so <laughs> oh, we we give our boss who who passed away, but you know you're not supposed to pe- speak ill of the dead, but I'll just stop there. <laughs> But we not a, a boss. not a fan. Uh, not Chris is not a fan. Not a, a, you weren't a fan. They had an up and down relationship. Like queen. <laughs> The uh, 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 three weeks, three weeks before we got to get in our like grades or whatever. So they're supposed to evaluate you. This was the night before we left, wasn't it? Well, we gave it to him three weeks in advance. Corey, my story, you can butt out here. The, uh, we give it to him three weeks in advance and he gets Corey's back right away. Flying colors. Here's a full time job. Guys. Like, please just hang out with me more. And how I old the guy asking. was he? Uh, he's, he's like low 50s. Oh, OK. Low 50s. Miserable, dude. But the, uh, he, uh, miserable. He just keeps waiting. Yeah. It gets closer and closer. And I'm like, I know it's not going to be good, but I'm just waiting for my grade, waiting for my grade. And then the night before I leave, he gives me a fake one, which I didn't know was fake, where he like printed it out and gave me like D's, F's, D's, F's. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? I'm doing this wrong? What do you mean? Like, I was like so confused. He goes, it's mostly the way you, you live around the house. And like, because we lived what? with him. We lived with our boss. Oh, wow. But mind Both you, li- lived in his wasn't house. a clean guy except when I lived with him. Like he, he remembered that I had socks. I left socks in the living room like a month later. And then one night I was making ice cream and like a little <laughs> melted on the counter and it was dark. I didn't even notice. So in the morning, there's a little 
little chocolate ice cream on the counter. You remember that for months. Like, this is, like, <laughs> noodles? eating. Noodles again? Noodles, yeah. He just hated how. that. Was Chris was, was a mac and cheese master. At oh, time. Well, I was Vulcan, baby. <laughs> that, was when, that was when I was so miserable. <laughs> I was in the gym <laughs> and eating. Like, gained, like, 30 pounds. I gained, like, 30 pounds. I'm a skinny yeah. guy, but it was. I thought I looked so good. Get back from winter break, and my big lineman buddy from Wyoming is like, dude, you're fat as fuck. Like, <laughs> you got a neck, bro. I'm like, no, dude. Girls like it. Like, I, I look good now. And so, so then I stopped working out, found a good point, but then kept not working out. And four years later, <laughs> and here we are. That bulk scheme. But yeah, moral of the story is don't let one bad job ruin you from leaving, taking you out of the career, because that that boss. Made yeah. me want to quit golf, and then I found Bob at Red Hawk, and on that Bobby relief. P, shout yeah, out. Yeah, Bobby, Bob Persichetti, vote he for is, him. Uh, Write it in. Man. Screw Biden, screw Trump, <laughs> Bobby P, president 2020. Well, no, and this, I'm is, writing it in. this is something we'll talk about a little more going forward in this pod, but there really is, golf is a one general sport, but there really is two different ways, especially as club pros, the way we look at it and the way we do our jobs it changes from course to course to course. And there's public courses. Chris or Red Hawk and Spring Valley are somewhat similar. They do a little more, you know, do a lot of rounds, especially this year, a ton of rounds. Fairly inexpensive, like not like a bear dance or something that charges $130, $140 a round. So people can go play there. You never know what kind of crowd you're going to get, whether it's going to be drunk public people. So, you know, anything like that. But then there's a pri- there's a country club life where sometimes we go to those courses to play. Like today, for instance, both Spring Valley and Red Hawk had 250-ish players each at the course. The course we went to as a country club, we had like a couple twosomes behind us. We saw a couple foursomes out. But other than that, it was just us on the course. It was our own course yeah. out there. Yeah, we yeah, played as a five which five, is five. such yeah. a no-go at public places. But there really is two different types of golf professionals in general that – you have to deal with completely different members. You have to deal with completely different situations. And that's kind of what this pod is mostly about. And we'll get into that with these two, especially working at a private club versus a public club. But there really is a lot of difference. You can be a pro like Chris. Chris is a perfect public club pro and and hate working at private courses or vice versa. Like it, it's just a totally different dynamic at each of those places. Well, so real quick, Corey, what's your background? Where have you worked? Yeah, so... First of all, thanks, fellas, for having me on the podcast. This is Absolutely. My first, Th- uh, first podcast. Ex- thanks for coming exposure. on. Um, It'll be your last, too. <laughs> yes. They're going to get my own Step up. single podcast after this. <laughs> yeah. They're just going to like um, Corey so much. They're going <laughs> to branch off. Uh, but no, I, I grew up in Colorado, Broomfield raised. Um, parents went to CU Boulder. Um, started playing when I was about 10 years old. Never took a lesson. Just kind of picked up the game. Um, just kind of fell in love with it right away and played basketball throughout middle school. And before high school, I kind of thought, you know, what what I want to do. And Yeah, I um, don't really know how you didn't stick with basketball a little bit longer. Have you seen him? Well, first of <laughs> all, basketball? I didn't hit my growth spurt until. My God, Mitch, dude. Oh, it's not good. Until yeah, senior I, year. Oh, okay. Oh, you don't know, Chris. First of all, let's. Uh, Corey, I know you let's pretty well. Let's throw down the all boards, right. right? Did you guys have some good runs at the rec the center down in CCS? Dunk. He's six. You can't dunk? Eight. You, you haven't played basketball with me in how long? <laughs> Corey, I, there's no way you're putting in work. Right. So. Oh, man. Let me talk. So, are you actually 6'8? Six six. Six six, okay. I know um, can you dunk? I can dunk, yeah. No. 
<laughs> you don't have any evidence of this. So, for the record, I can my... dunk. Spencer, big drive Spence, can throw down a basketball. For the record, Spencer used to suck at basketball, and then he did get good. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Put in that work, son. <laughs> D. White worked him at the, the local Lifetime. Oh, yeah, Derek White. Oh, shout out Derek. <laughs> shout out D. White. Is he, did he get um, surgery? Yeah, what, I think he... He's Those who don't know, tangent. Derek White, San Antonio Spur. He's the only UCCS. guy who ever came out of UCCS. And made him, made him yeah, the, he's the, the pride and uh, face of UCCS basketball. Him and Alex Welsh. Uh, Alex Welsh played overseas for a few years or whatever. But, but yeah, so cool. basically D. White is uh, the pride of UCCS. So, and these guys were all pretty tight with him in college, so. We like uh, piggybacking on some of his successes. Yeah. And, and yeah. Hey, I know that guy. He sat in my accounting <laughs> class. Nice. Exactly. Thanks for the Fun tickets, the Derek. <laughs> but yeah, finish up your story, Corey. Oh, yeah. We're all Anyways. on pins and needles. Yeah, I know you guys were <laughs> really into it, but um, you had your time, pal. Yeah, we're um, actually friends, just so I don't know. So I actually, first job, I worked as a card kid at Eagle Trace Golf Club, side of the 2042 U.S. Open. Just a heads up. Um, shout up out to Eagle coming. Trace. Um, is, where, is that up in uh, Broomfield? Broomfield, okay. Heard of it, never played it. Good track. Is that a joke, or is it actually the side yeah, of the 24? It's a joke. Uh, okay. uh, I'm sorry, oh laid down the sarcasm God. pretty pretty hard there. There's but, global um, written on the ceiling, Spencer. <laughs> I had. I, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I, was like, so I was like, fuck, I didn't I know they scheduled the shit fucking 21 years. years. Oh yeah. my God. A, straight shooter. a lot of renovations <laughs> needed, that. but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, so I grew up there, worked there a couple summers, and I literally played golf every day. I wasn't working, so that was easy to get into. And um, before college, I uh, worked at the Ranch Country Club for a couple summers. Um, that was my first internship, actually. But joined the PGM program. I have to say, I met some of my, my best buddies through the school and through the PGM program. I'm sure you can't include these two, but... <laughs> these two are on the back of the list, for yeah. sure, but... Um, on the list. They're on the, list, on the nonetheless. list, nonetheless. <laughs> but amazing experience through the PGM program and in the school itself. And um, was lucky enough to get a job at a prestigious country club here in Denver. Oh, God. Been there for, <laughs> been there for uh, four go. and a half years. Going, this is my fifth season there. So it's, That's um, awesome. Well, so you've mostly been at country clubs then, I mean, besides that was, that's being what, a car kid. That was all I've so, Yeah, so that's all you know, which is crazy because all I know, all is, I know is public. Yeah, it is important to note that all of us were not country club kids. No, none, none of, of us. None of our parents had yeah, never grew up in a country yeah. club. And so God bless some of these courses, like Applewood putting me out for $4 a day. Like <laughs> Fox Hollywood charged me 5 bucks. Like if it weren't for those sweet junior deals, none of us would have got started. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, dude, absolutely. Well, we used to have family night out of Spring Valley, and it was like $40 for all three of us to walk nine holes. Like, yeah. just an That's ad- literally how we started golfing. Yeah. That, that's the only, we only played family night, like that's Saturday affordable. or Sunday night at Spring Valley. And I remember. When we were 12 or 13 until we were like 15. Trudging up nine or eight. I remember, because, you know, once you get off the bridge from the eighth, eighth tee, you can see the clubhouse, and we had to walk, obviously. And I was just a little fucking fat lazy kid and i would like look up from the eighth tee and look at the clubhouse i'm like oh my god i have to walk all the way there like and it's almost dark but those are like the and first memory of a cart yeah and now i'm like hammered driving a cart <laughs> like let's go to the bar but yeah it's it's crazy like some of the first memories you have of golf and what really like at one point or another all four of us had that moment where not a moment but like 
a summer or something where we just got absolutely hooked. Yeah. Like where you want to play every day, you're practicing every, every day. day. And there's nothing more fun than that feeling. Oh, yeah. Like it's you almost like romanticize it. You're like, I wish I personally, at least I'm like, I wish I cared about golf. Like I was much worse than I am now, but I actually love the game itself. And I still love it, but it's different, you know? Yeah, I, no, I don't know about you, too. but what helped me get into it more was friends that were into it and better than me. Oh, and like absolutely. Having to try yeah. and compete with them. Playing with better people definitely Especially having helps. like an innate competitive nature to yourself is mm-hmm. like this game especially can reward you more than any other sport ever. No doubt. Yeah. I well, like I'm like, the, oh, go ahead, Chris. No, yeah, I was just going to say I, I like the fact that you could actually like have fun by yourself. And so yeah. it's like when you're shooting hoops or trying to go to the batting cages, it's just it's not that much fun by yourself, to be honest. And you feel like you're going through the motions where it's like golf. Like, you don't For sure. anyone else. Yeah, it's a personal like, like competition between yourself every time you're out there. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, that's like, what got me hooked. Right yeah. Away. Well, and even my freshman year, I wasn't very good. And it was really my freshman year to my sophomore year of high school where. I was like, I really want to get better. And I came back for high school golf, like my sophomore year, and I beat a few of the seniors. Spencer was a senior that year. What were you, the number one, number two? I was the number one. Well, he, was, he was the number Tell one. Tell your fucking chubby no, ass shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was we were actually good for a while. Yeah. I was in your conference, guys. You just don't remember. Yeah, we had like, <laughs> well, that's we got you second. We got third at regionals at Fox, at Fox Hollow. Hollow? Mm-hmm. My. Ball sack. No, no. Yeah. Ta- our buddy Tanner but shot seventy four. He shot seventy eight, and then we had eighty one and eighty four. Yeah, I got you third because it was always Valor, Devlin, us. Yeah. No, yeah. We actually Big drop off. I, I actually remember us. it was fucking hilarious. Green my bomb, by the way. my buddy was shooting uh, seventy. Tanner was like one or two over, or he was even par through like Tanner. sixteen holes, and the I forget what happened, but somebody said like they were doing the live updated scoring or whatever his, and somebody it was his dad it was well no but they were like coaches were seeing it or somebody oh. was seeing it and and i just remember a kid from wheat ridge which they were not good at all either no he was like elizabeth is in third <laughs> the fuck and it's just like we're a bunch of fucking country ass kids that oh, yeah. don't even golf is not a you, first like priority in elizabeth which some people sucks. don't even know there's a golf course in elizabeth yeah They're which like, kind of sucks because like we've been talking to coaches as we coach this year a lot of places, a lot of teams are struggling to find places to practice. Oh, yeah. Like, mm. like bigger schools that are into golf. And like Elizabeth High School, we ha- are the lucky, like one of the lucky ones. We have a golf course that is committed. All the pros went to Elizabeth. You know, we're all committed to Elizabeth Golf and like, hey, yeah. you can go out and play for free. You can go out and practice for free. And it's because like, if we had kids that were into it and that lived in Elizabeth that were like golf first kids, it'd be unreal how much we like, have more access time. than just any, just about anyone, mm-hmm. uh, at least in a high school level. Because we don't charge our Elizabeth kids to practice. They can, during golf season, even during the summer, if they talk to Spencer or me, they can come out and virtually play whenever. I mean, not on a weekend, but if they want to come out and play nine holes, they want to hit range balls, we hook them up. Like, we kind of give them all the tools. I don't want to say it's disappointing, but we wish more kids would take advantage of it. Like, yeah, man. They, a lot of people don't have that kind of access. No, and we, we want to provide that, that to our, our kids. Yeah, exactly. And, no way. And realistically, a lot of places can't do that, but we are one of the lucky ones. Well, I mean, partially that Spencer and I kind of work there and handle a lot of that stuff, but also that it's just been that way since we were there. Like, Elizabeth never got charged for anything. So it the access is a big issue with, like, 
high school golf and um, just junior golf in general. It it gets portrayed as a, a wealthy person sport, and it, you can go about it that way, or you can go about it the the opposite way, mm-hmm. like junior camps, things like that. You know, yeah. it's it's all uh, a little bit of a different story. But yeah, like we're all public course kids. We all grew yeah, up. That's why we're normal. <laughs> those country yeah. club kids whenever we got paired with them oh my god oh, dude yeah. in high the school playing with country club kids was the oh, absolute man. worst well so let's get into that a little bit Corey. you guys both you guys worked at country clubs so you know but Corey, you currently work at denver country club like what if you can describe to everyone what the difference is like we're you know we're saying public ki- public golf kids versus country club kids like that that has a legitimate meaning if you're in this golf world like give us some like stories insight to like parents how the parents act for the kids how the kids act or how people act just in general at country clubs um yeah so i mean it's i don't know if it's any different than any other country club or golf club anywhere else i mean it's it's gonna be hit and miss it's gonna be a i don't know but it's person to person really yeah it's yeah, a case it does, by case yeah. type of situation but um like a dcc you have very, I guess, affluent families and members that have been used to, you know, entire. <laughs> I wouldn't quite say that. No, Chris, he wouldn't because he wants to keep his job. But yeah. I'll say it. <laughs> Being a little PC. But, yeah. Well, um, they're, uh, what they're, I would like they to want is, they want to get what they pay for, yeah, and they're right. paying a premium, so they want the premium service. Like that's yeah, kind that's, of that's uh, great. Uh, what I found, what I find, and. This isn't a this isn't a blanket statement by any means, but a lot of the kids are kind of just forced into it. Yeah. As the parents are trying to find something for them to do and um I'm sure it's the same way anywhere else. But what I I would like to see is just more kids getting into it more and actually trying more. Yeah. And getting into it more and trying to go play golf more. What what I don't like to feel is if we're forcing them into these junior camps and like it seems like a chore to them to come to these Monday Wednesday clinics. Like yeah. we're trying to teach them golf, and it's like I'm I'm trying to like teach you this really cool sport that can actually you know benefit your life for it, quite yeah. some time. But they're just not into it just because, and I, especially these these days days and times where technology kind of takes over and they're like I want to be home Fortnite, for Fortnite, <laughs> Call of Duty, whatever it's it is. Like do. it's it's all online. Like, <laughs> Well, and that I feel yeah. like it's kind of on us too, as like club pros, to to make it more fun for kids. And even though we don't, just mm-hmm. being welcoming and and not being like, oh god, here are these kids again, you know. And as long like there are a few things like if you're sl- if you're playing nine holes in three hours and holding up a bunch of groups, that's going to be an issue. But if you just want to come out and and play, like we we're more than welcoming. Like yeah, I don't really know really how to put it, but teaching though. We, yeah, exactly. Teaching it comes juniors, into teaching, like, I, I, make it fun. Whether it's like, country club or public, I do the same thing. You teach yeah. a lot of kids who parents are making them do it. That is just like, we come in with energy, it goes for about five, ten minutes. And we realize, yeah, you don't want to get better. I'm not really into this. this We're is just ridiculous. babysitting at this point. Yeah. Like, exactly. Just, and that's really what that it, one student. Yeah. And you guys and all some, have that one student yeah. that just figured it out, like 13, 14 years old, that they want to play golf and they want to be on the high school team. And all of a sudden you're like pumped. 
Oh yeah, like and you're you out live there for, like you live you for like that, that one like, student. You, yeah, yeah. You, you like you, that shot? Oh my god! Yeah. Try this now. Try this. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, you can right. Like it's so much fun. It really sharing is. Our love like, for the game. But, that's probably like one or two out of ten, yeah. maybe. But that's yeah. That's, that's well, good. and that's kind of the thing that is challenging about golf and getting kids to be really good at golf in general. And we've talked about this a few times on this pod. But golf is one of those sports where you have to put the work in to be good. And kind of piggybacking off what you guys said earlier, you have to love the game in order to be good at this game, like really good at it. Like no kid can just show up to a golf course, take a few lessons and automatically be good at the game, not practice, not show up, not put in any work and then go to a tournament and play well. There's other kids in this world that are just athletically gifted, football, basketball. They can go to their one practice a day as a team or a couple times a week if it's like AAU basketball and just dominate. Go out in tournaments, go out in games and dominate. You're not going to win a golf tournament without grinding and putting in the work. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes this game so hard to be really good at, like we've said millions of times, is those even the kids that are athletically gifted and talented, they have to show up, they have to chip, they have to putt, they have to have their whole game in order in order to go into a tournament and win those because even like AJGA events, any of these kids' events that they play in, those kids go hard. And it's a hard sport to not get burned out on. They especially basically for treat the it like a profession. Like, yeah. yeah. They and that's what's, pr- practice full-time all summer, fall, spring. Win- mm-hmm. A lot of them in the winter if they have indoor facilities. Like That's what's so tough about the sport. I don't know if you guys agree, but you have to have money and disposable income to be able to not only have your kid into this program, but you have to be able to afford a membership or junior membership or yeah. allow them to not work throughout high school or, yeah. you know, have the, them the be at the course eight factor. hours a day. Yeah. I will put buy-ins in tournaments. AJGA, yeah. it doesn't, oh, it's, it's huge. not free. It's, you it's have 600, to have money but to, what, are, what are they, AJGA's now like six, 700 bucks I, that's on, the, no clue, yeah. on top of housing and practice rounds and that's equipment. Competitive, but it is like, I, I used to think the same thing that golf is expensive talking to parents people are like she quit dance this is so much cheaper than dance you know what i mean she quit hockey like he quit hockey or whatever it's like almost every sport if you want to get to that level is stupid expensive yeah but if your kids just want to have fun you don't have to play in all these competitive tournaments you don't have to do aau that's ridiculously expensive yeah you can just do a gold crown and yeah. like cheaper there's there's cheaper options to get involved but and i feel like oh, yeah. just the landscape of that has changed in the last 20 30 years where our parents like the most competitive, if they were good at baseball or whatever sport, they just played on their high school team. They didn't play competitive exactly. summers. Spend their parents didn't spend twenty grand on them traveling around all summer. You know, they literally played their high school team and they got recruited to go to college from there and whatever. Like, but now parents are pushing their kids. I wouldn't say parent. Parents are giving their kids the opportunities to play sports year round, where. Even a kid, um, one of our pro shop staff, uh, shout out James Beckett, he had a teammate that he goes to Ponderosa. Um, he had a teammate move to Palm Springs for the winter to practice golf. Yeah. So works all winter. Uh, James works year-round, basically, and uh, his buddy, his teammate, his, has the opportunity to move – to the desert to california and to play basically all winter so some kids like bottom line is to be real the, the pga tour consists of about 98 percent country club kids yeah. which is unfortunate 
but like there's stories of perseverance and i think the kids that grow up at public courses actually have that much more want because mm. it's not just right in their face like they don't have that accessibility they really have to want it to do it like yeah. it's not just sitting there for them their dad's not like oh we've got a a membership here you might as well go play you know like those kids either probably get a job at the golf club or anything like that in order to play free golf like that's how spence and i got started was we got a job at the golf course and uh pretty much went from there so yeah the uh i think getting kids into it is we have to kind of adjust our cultural shift and try to think more of inclusiveness and trying to f make it more fun for them yeah absolutely less about mechanical like if you start talking about oh well your right arm has to drop into your side like this or like you have to you know hit ball first ground second it's more about like the games you're playing and like engaging them mm -hmm. more than anything especially at right. a certain age like until they get to high school or just before high school you can't ask them to specialize in in golf for sure and you, you, even you any literally sport, can't like, just based on their development as a human being like you i can't, totally agree you can't do that to them and i think we have to you, make it more fun everyone's seen those kids who even it doesn't matter what sport they focus on one sport at a really young age going burn forward out. and then they just burn out they don't even want to play by the time they're 18 you've known those kids that played like really really intensely throughout high school yeah they wanted to make it pro. They wanted to go play in college, but their parents were pressing them. What are they doing now? Like most of the ones I know are completely burned out of golf. They don't play golf anymore. That's totally. every sport. Yeah, it Even really every is every sport. sport. Like it, I think all our parents were pretty cool as far as like my yeah. parents were just always impressed by me. I was never impressed by my abilities, <laughs> but they were always like, wow. That makes look four at of you. Us. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. You, you, you can play this sport. Yeah. We don't really care, but that made, it took so much pressure off it where it's like, all these parents talk to me about how women's college golf is the most underutilized scholarship. It is, but if your daughter doesn't want to play golf, yeah, it, there's a reason. There's a reason for like, that. Yeah. It, come on, like yeah. just because no one else is doing it doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah, whatever. But like, I don't know. It, it has to be fun. Yeah. And for one thing, I think the PGA Tour is not fun at all. I've already <laughs> said a little when you guys are talking about it, but it is not fun to watch. And so that doesn't make you like. I used to shoot baskets, watch Nuggets games, and want to be like them. It's like yeah. I have never watched a PGA tour and like been. I don't you just know. Can't, you can't make it fun though. You like, can't. It's like tennis. It's you can't make awful. it like yeah, exciting to watch. So well, yeah, boring. and like it has to come partially from like a commentator standpoint. Like that's what makes watching golf usually. Like if Faraday is is commentating, even and like he Tony Romo recently is like shit. I'll I'll watch Tony Romo broadcast any. Oh, yeah, dude, exactly. Like we need I love listening to him talk. Entertaining yeah. people. The yeah. John McEnroe's made tennis fun. No. The yeah. Tiger Woods made golf fun. Right. Since Tiger Woods has been out, I can't stand. Like, there's well, so and that's little. What, that, I'm still in, but, you know. That's, like, what we're trying to do here at DNVR Golf is, like, make it more fun for people. Like, I saw a tweet the other day, and I retweeted it. It's, like, people think golf is a snobby, elitist sport, but most of the time, like, today, we had a great time. We, we gambled. We drank. We had a good time. We... Yelled. We talked a bunch we, of shit. We talked shit to each other from the second we teed off to the second we were done. A lot, a lot you know, of and and that's what it is. It's literally four hours of gambling with your buddies. You can make it as fun as you want to make it, and that's why the sport is so like nobody gets their buddies together and goes out for a five on five basketball run. Yeah, and drinks a beer while they're playing. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that's why we're trying to make this game more fun, make it more inclusive, because 
so as you guys both know, well, Corey, not so much, but Chris, like, <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying as this year, like public courses are popping. We're busy. Every course. Yeah. Every, go- every like, golf. We've been slammed. Please yeah, quit we, getting mad at the pro shop day. help that the tee sheet's full. Oh, yeah. Throw that out there. Yeah, yeah exactly. You don't like, have anything for us on Saturday? No, man. Oh, my favorite <laughs> is... in a month ago. My favorite is, like, people will call in on a Friday night, and they'll be like, what do you got for tomorrow morning? I'm like, my first twosome opening tomorrow is 4.36. They're like, p.m.? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, you want to come out dark, play, yeah. play yeah, it Yeah, it's busy. And, yeah, and we have such an opportunity as golf courses and pros right now to grow the game because so many more people are playing it. Big box stores are all sold out of sets. People are taking lessons. Balls. They're trying. Yeah, they, we can't can't keep golf balls. We can't keep anything because everybody's coming out and learning the game and playing. And that's why we have such a huge opportunity, not only as club pros but like DNVR golf, getting people into this game that maybe have never played it before. Oh, yeah. And they play a few times. Like my girlfriend and her friends, they're all into it. She's like, "Can you get me a tee time?" And they all go out and play. It's and great. it's not, you know, it's awesome. That's what's great well, for the, the game. Our age are figuring it out. Yeah. Completely yeah. Oh yeah. It out. All the athletes from our high school. Who wouldn't touch golf club? Who made fun of me? Oh, oh dude, I've been the exact same boat. Golf? Oh yeah, golf? oh yeah, studying yeah. golf is always a joke. Yeah, and you quit yeah. football for golf? Or yeah. even in high school, they were like addicted. They're in high school, they're like, "You're on the like, golf team. That's so golf. lame." And now they're and then they like they're always making fun of us. And now they're like, "Can I? Hey, can I get a golf lesson?" Oh, I'm yeah. like, "You fucking eat your words, pal. <laughs> yeah. You're a fucking well, dick." It's cool, isn't it? That like everyone, all these kids you would never thought have picked up a golf club. Are figuring out, and it's like you don't have to be rich. You just have to be able to spend 50, 60 But well, if you drink, try not to bring your own booze at Red Hawk, but bring your booze <laughs> to a course. It'll save you some money. See, there's there's another rule too that bucks. we can kind of like a get, touch on a little bit. I don't mind. There's there's a fine line to walk, and we may have talked about it before. I can't remember, but I don't mind if people bring some of their own. Like, let's put it this way: if you bring like a birdie flask, or if you bring like a little bottle. And somebody makes a birdie or whatever, and you're you're taking rips off that. But you buy beer and stuff from the cart girl. I'm cool with that. But like, if you literally show up and you buy nothing, rack yeah, exactly. Bag. No, we actually had this group last year walk down with two thirty racks. Like they thought it was completely fine. They they had, like fris like uh, yeah. frisbee golf. Yeah, so you can just walk. Around. Yeah, exactly. They literally walked down with like two natty light thirty racks. But we like, get it. Uh, we all get it, right? We get it, for oh, sure, like, but it's just like... The more we've worked at golf courses, the more it bugs us, but yeah. we all were bringing them on, especially exactly. before we were 21. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. so much fun. Well, and as long as you... My my thing is, if you buy from the Bev cart and you tip them well... Support if you buy, the golf course. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like We're not going to bust your ass for that, but if you are drinking all day and you're hammered and we didn't make it... Yeah. It's not even about the money, but it's just about the principle of it. Like, yeah. just don't be a total asshole and buy a, buy a beer or two from the, the Bev cart, and then you can take as many shots as you want out of your own bottle. Like, Yeah, while we're on the subject, I feel like we should talk about some things that bother us at golf courses. Oh, yeah, so <laughs> we should just jump right into the Don't Be That Golfer segment of the week. There you go. Uh, this should be a good one because we've got four Don't Be That Golfers. So uh, I'm going to start out with you, Mitchell. Give me, uh, give me your don't be that golfer for that this week. Um, well, we were actually kind of discussing this earlier, and it's not even necessarily a golfer. And I'm not trying to give like parenting advice, but or any advice like it, it's not necessarily a parent, but parents tend to do it. Is if one of us is giving a lesson, and the parent like Corey brought this up, and I'm not trying to get you any hot water or anything. <laughs> no. if, if you've uh, 
got any it's, uh, less me than other folks. Yeah, for sure. But, but uh, a lot of parents like to hang around and critique the lesson. Like they, they're like, always, oh, are they doing this? I'm like, this is my job. I don't Spencer reference it. I don't go to a mechanic and be like, are you sure you're changing my oil? Right? Like, are you sure this is correct? Like you were literally paying me to do this. So let me do my job and give us some space. Cause then it just feels awkward. Like, you're don't you think he's keeping his head too still? Don't you think oh, he's, you his one. grip is a little wrong? Oh, like, th- I, I had a lady last week go, well, my dad, and she's like in her 30s, and I was teaching like her 12-year-old son, and she goes, well, my dad taught, taught me this. And I'm like, oh, my God, like you're literally have, referencing that right now? Like <laughs> the, it, it, it just blows my mind. It's. People think golf instruction is so open for opinion. Yeah. And it's like, it really isn't. I mean, if you know what you're talking about, we all talk amongst ourselves and have yeah. some differing views and things like that. But if you're not a golf pro and you don't teach, then you cannot bring anything positive to, unless you're just encouraging them. Like, and even that's kind of well, annoying. <laughs> like, I don't want to be a dick, yeah. but just like, go away for a little bit. Let me handle it. And then... You can come on back. Yeah, whatever. you don't go to a school, your kid's school, and sit there all day and tell the teacher how to do a fucking math equation. That's exactly. Except people like, are starting exactly to do that. that. <laughs> people that, are that's starting pay attention to, to that. Oh yeah, my mom and sister teach, and they're telling them how to teach. Oh yeah. Yeah. Parents it, are getting a little more. People telling other people how to do their jobs when they don't do the same job needs to. Yeah, yeah. That needs to be. Shut yeah, down. like when I call someone to fix my fucking hot water heater. I don't get in there with a wrench and tell them where to, what's to unscrew and what to not. Yeah, it's like I if clearly I knew how to do that. I wouldn't ask you. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. Like what? And they're like, "Oh, I just can't get through to my kid." I'm like, "Well, yeah, that." Them. But and it's not even like the from the instructional standpoint too. It's how we I'd say we know how to approach it better than their parent would. Mm-hmm. They're like, they're the parent automatically goes, "You're doing this wrong." Next thing, you're doing this wrong. They have no solutions. Yeah. They they can find problems, but they can't find solutions. Yeah. Right. That that really well, the is, is the difference. The kid whose parents don't play golf. Yeah. Then they hundred percent listen to you, but when you get the dad who plays golf and don't you, like you said, don't you think he's keeping his head down? It's like that kid has seven things wrong with his swing. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get through him. Yeah. This is the most important. I'm working on, on that. Yes, he's standing up, but it's because he's not creating enough room in the back. Like, it's yeah. a chain effect. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we, we've touched on that. But, yeah, a lot of people just love to, to give their opinion unsolicited. Mostly parents, but even when you see your buddies out there trying oh, yeah. to help each other, and you're like, you both well, suck I at teach. golf. I and teach. I'm not knocking yeah. people who suck at golf, but just don't tell... You can just suck all on your own. Oh, like, yeah, we had a Milos. You guys ever watch Seinfeld? Yeah. <laughs> Hope this guy's not listening. He probably is a little too old to listen to podcasts. Chuck Van Gundy at Red Hog Ranch. <laughs> he, uh, he's our Milos. He used to, like, just walk around the range, give advice he, on the clock, not a p- instructor, not PJ, nothing related, just tell people what they're doing wrong. What? Oh, yeah. He'd tell them, oh, my God. But it was like he just he was Mr. Know-it-all. It didn't matter. It was golf, sports, politics. This is one of the guys he knew like, uh-huh. everything. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You got right. out with him. We just he leave shot me alone? 17 on the first hole I played with him. <laughs> he didn't know I was going to play with him because it was just a winter day. And I was like, dude, you want to play? He's like, okay. He shot a 17. We all tee off on the second hole. We drive up. 
look back and he's just standing there acting like he's looking around. We're like, all right, I guess Milos is done. Like <laughs> Milos was the tennis pro who gave all the tips in Seinfeld who couldn't do anything. Oh, yep. But you get, I, I teach two attractive females right now. And every week I'm like, did you go to the range? Like, yeah. Did someone try to help you? Yeah. It's like, dude, don't listen to any of them. It's like half of my lessons. I'm like, don't listen to anyone but me. It's not because I'm a genius. Yeah. It's because they all don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> Like exactly. everything about golf is counterintuitive. Yeah. You think it makes sense, but and it's actually the opposite. And it's yeah. Like, and you gotta and have... no advice is better than horrible oh, yeah. advice. Exactly. Like, I'd rather you try to figure it out on your own than have somebody who mm. doesn't know shit about what they're talking about try to tell you what to do. Oh, yeah. just... Then you got to undo all that. Yeah. Very... <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> that, I feel you. That's yeah. your... It's just counterproductive. Don't be that guy. Yeah. All right. Don't, so, don't be that golfer. Chris, what's your don't be that golfer for the week? Well, th- part of it's... Uh, I'll do one for playing and one for actually the work side of things. Don't say you're a foursome and show up as a two or a three and think it's cool. All right? We're not going to charge you for that one or two other guys because we're not Our crazy, hands are tied, yeah. But we lose revenue. It actually kills us. All right? We expect a T-sheet full every day especially at red hawk and we have people begging to get those times if you can't physically play with a random single or a twosome get another friend yeah like it's yeah. not make a crazy. friend make a friend like, just or be like social yeah, that's what this exa- game is about it's just like try the and make single a friend. who's joining in is the odd man out anyways he's probably a pretty cool guy yeah <laughs> like but it just drives you nuts at the counter Hey, we're just actually going to be two today. It's like, sweet, man. Thanks. All right. We could have We literally sold just that, lost $150 just, yeah. in revenue yeah. like that. You don't that. care at all, I know. But we... It well, yeah. Didn't you guys have some like people making tea times under fake names when this COVID... Oh, yeah. yeah. But I charge them. <laughs> so this year, this year's been the best for this because we're making everyone prepay. Um, a lot of courses are kind of weaning off that now. The public side, I think customers hate it, the prepay, but it actually makes you accountable. Yeah. We're showing up for people. So we had this group, this guy, can't stand him, but he, he showed up, and the fourth name was Frank Sinatra, and he gets <laughs> down to the tee, and he tells the starter, because he doesn't even have the balls to tell us in the pro show. He goes to the starter says, hey, it's just going to be three of us. Like, I am definitely charging Frank Sinatra. <laughs> like, you, we have your card. And it's like, we almost wish we could always just make you hold to that commitment. So wait, did like, he not well, pay for it? He paid for all him. four, but he wanted – oh, I charged Oh, yeah. Oh, we charge them. Oh, yeah. Prepay. But before, we wouldn't have their credit card. Yeah. And so they just get away with it. But it's like, it's exactly. kind of Well, and us, like people man. who want to play by themselves, it's like, oh, yeah. well, if you want to pay $300 and buy the whole foursome, yeah, just, you're more yeah. than welcome to. Yeah, you can have oh, yeah. the whole tea time to yourself. But we, as uh, from a, a business, business stand, yeah, yeah it's a business. Yeah. business How many yeah. of those do you get a day, especially this year? Um, twosomes walking in or some are we with another group it's like have you seen the parking lot yeah <laughs> like yeah you're with another twosome are you crazy did We're you like, have to park out on the road like, yeah basically yes you're gonna be playing oh, and yeah. they're, they're like and when's the next tea time opening for just two or like wait where we can play by ourselves I'm like it's like 6 15 p.m they're yeah. like oh okay i guess we'll go play with it. oh, yeah. and it's not as bad on weekdays too if you can work around it and well, this year has been busier than ever, but yeah, still, exactly. In, in years past, do the right thing, yeah, especially in the mornings, yeah, especially on weekends, right, yeah. Be true to what you if are. If I may but. segment into my, don't be that golfer. Right off yours as well. So if you do get paired up with a twosome, if you're the twosome that, you know, pairs up with you, please just know golf etiquette and like, not like the rules per se, but at least know like the basic generic. Yeah. Like pace of play, 
Maybe it, we shouldn't have hit eight <laughs> shots, hundred yards, like yeah. off the tee box. Yeah. I got paired up with this twosome. Me and my girlfriend, we we played up at Evergreen Golf Course, and um, that's a fun little spot. Fun. It's a fun course. Yeah. It's like fifty five hundred something from the tips. Yeah. Like super nothing easy, crazy. Nothing yeah, crazy. Really kind easy. of fun, beautiful spot. Yeah, scenic area. We got paired up with this twosome that didn't know a lick of etiquette on the golf course. And so at some point it was so bad. I had to say like, Hey, I'm just trying to help her. I'm going to, we're going to hang back. You guys go ahead. So we literally split up from them. Cause I was like, I can't play with you. Yeah. Like it's just know probably, some sort yeah. of golf etiquette. Well, we all work at golf course. So we know if we're getting pushed from behind and we're not seeing the guy in front, we got a problem. That's like all of our hearts start beating. Like we got to keep up. <laughs> we got to yeah. keep up. Like we can't screw this course like, you're over not or whatever. Out in this world by yourself. Like, you have to know Will some Smith sort of it. social It's, it's like driving. Like, yeah, you right. have to know how to drive with other people around. You can't be like, well. People are going 65 here. You got to go 45. Yeah. You got to go 65 right behind it. You it, know, you can't exactly. Go You're not going to hop in the fast lane and, and slam on your brakes. Like, yeah. I, I totally agree with you there. And, and that has kind of been a challenge this year as golf pros because there is so many brand new golfers. Like, trying to educate yeah. the people that haven't golfed because it's really not that tough of a, a like i mean there is quite a few rules but just the basic generics to get around are not really like no, no you that hit challenge. it you find it you hit it again that's yeah. literally and it. you play in four and a half hours maybe mm -hmm. five if it's packed I and you think it should be noted though we all work at golf course we're always putting out the fires but 280 golfers a day at red hawk we maybe have one group a day now that group can kill pace Oh, yeah. One group can kill pace for everyone 100%. behind Well, it's like them. a traffic jam. But yeah. in large, most everyone gets it. Yeah. No, and everyone. actually, a lot of people have been understanding this year yeah. more than ever. Oh, They're yeah. like, they just know it's busy. It's, yeah. it's crazy yeah. out here. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that's, uh, and, and other people are understanding too that when we've talked about this, but on like a Saturday morning, they don't expect to play in three hours and 45 minutes. Yeah. They're like, we're going to play in four and a half. And I mean that's pretty standard. I, I always go back to this. Why would you pay the amount of money, or whatever amount it is? I don't care if it's fifty or one hundred and fifty. Why would you want to rush through it? Yeah. That'd be like sitting down at Del Frisco's and being like, "We need to be out of here in a half hour." Like, don't yeah. don't do that. Worth, that yeah. segues into my. Don't be that guy. Yeah. For the golfing, when you're golfing, don't complain <laughs> just if i got a zip car with zip you all life. day and you're either complaining about your swing or pace you're gonna drive me nuts yeah like just chill like relax it's we all fun. have bad it's days supposed to be fun and we, like i've had days where i don't act super professional yeah, you've had days oh yeah i've been there for multiple <laughs> of those yeah it probably was one of those one time we've all been even. there i don't know if we've, Corey, we've all been i've never there, seen Corey get like aggressive on oh the golf. yeah he well he angry bro he, yeah he kind of <laughs> i don't know well today he's a broken club it's been it's been known to happen though. <laughs> it does happen uh, i think i, I have literally I'm, never broken a club i'm probably the only one i get the anger though we're all competitive yeah i ain't saying don't get angry yeah, I'm saying don't complain. Yeah, yeah. today we it's were. Like it drives me nuts when they're, what, they're just thinking about the group ahead of them. What the hell are these guys doing? What the oh, hell I know. Are these guys like, dude, relax. Yeah, like relax. That's a reflection of their own game. They're like playing so shitty. Exactly. I, I'm 100 in that boat too. Or I'm like, oh, I just you, you want to take it out on someone else. You're just oh, annoyed these guys in ahead of us. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. What are these guys doing? No, now? it's your fault. Why'd you park your <laughs> car there? It is your fault. hundred percent. We all have phones. That was like today on eleven. It was a par five, and Corey hit his second shot way right, 
and we're up on the green, like kind of putting, getting ready to be done. And Chris looks over and goes, oh, Corey is not going to be happy or he's going to be a grumpy gills on this cart. And then we just look back at Corey looking for balls in the weeds. He finds one that's not his and just full on hucks it. And we're like, oh, yeah, he is not happy. I got no problem with that. Spencer threw a wedge into a ravine today and had to. I did. Not necessarily a ravine, but it was a. He he actually found a broken club down there, so somebody had the same idea as he did. Uh, Yeah, I totally agree. I may have complained a little bit. Did I complain? No, no. I stopped playing with people if they complain. Yeah, it's the guys who were playing at four fifteen pace, and they're just furious. Yeah, and it's like, bro, like you see them waiting on a group ahead of you, like. Relax. Yeah. Like, yeah. take it. What are you it out easy. here to do? Just yeah. enjoy your day, it's, man. That's it, that you're is playing my golf. thing completely. You're playing golf. Yeah. It's a two sided thing. Like, you have to keep up with some sort of pace of play, but yeah. then also just chill out and enjoy yourself. You're not responsible like, for everyone. Yeah. It's like driving around and being just furious that everyone's not like following the rules. They didn't stop at the stoplights. You know? It's like, relax. Let them, yeah. like, they're not they're killing doing anyone. They're doing you. You just do you. They're doing all right. Yeah. But I've we have GPS in our cars, so we know, I mean, pace of play is always the complaint in golf, no matter what course you work at, even if it's good or bad. But, like, we know exactly where every cart is. And I've, I work roommates with the guy who works at Raccoon Creek, JJ, and he's w- well renowned for the like the worst pace of play in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> like Raccoon Creek's pace of play is a nightmare. Five and a half. But they've gotten five used hours? To, yeah, they've gotten used to it because like that's like their customers don't even complain. He's yeah. saying anymore because they they're so accustomed to it. Wouldn't if that Denver be nice? Country Club where Corey works, if they play a five hour day, they're gonna be furious because they remember the days when they would whip around in four hours with no one in front of them. So they're not used to it. But like, it's like what's your, what's your average courses, pace of play over there? Well, four hours. If you go four ten or over, probably getting a letter. Seriously? Yeah. Oh my god. So it, no pace That's, of play is serious. Oh, it, it's it a is serious, serious deal, especially if you're paying that type of money to enjoy your experience out there, and you have one group that's inhibiting that. Like, yeah. Well, I get so it. what's your? And so like, we monitor that pretty significantly. Oh, for sure. What is your max on like? people per day that you've had this year just for uh, point of reference like 220 210 Two, okay and that's so, like massive compared to what we're, we're used yeah, to. yeah for sure and that kind of plays into the pace of play like if we have 290 out there there's really nothing we can do it's just a, yeah. a volume thing <laughs> like right yeah it gets to a point where everybody is waiting on everybody else and just chill out enjoy your time um, did, did everyone yeah, so, cover No, their... so my don't be that golfer this week is don't be that golfer. This is kind of into the pace of play talk, but don't be that golfer that goes up there, takes 10 practice swings, looks at the shot, does like six waggles, and then hits it five feet. That is the most annoying. Like, you can do somewhat similar to that. We try to keep up pace of play, try to be semi-fast. But when you go up there and have this two- to three-minute pre-shot routine, and then you hit, you make – eights nines and tens you're gonna drive everybody in your group crazy golf instructor is telling this guy to do that oh yeah probably stop you're ever gonna you're gonna drive yourself crazy you're gonna drive your group crazy you're gonna drive everybody behind you crazy if you suck that's fine we are not discluding you from the game of golf everybody can play at their own pace have fun learn sucks at golf but every yeah and that's (laughs) the real thing everybody sucks but don't be that guy that takes 10 minutes to hit it literally five feet and then you have to go up and do that over and over again you will drive everyone nuts on the entire course because you're slowing down everything you can't and you can't speed mm-hmm. it up so well smith said it 
on his Instagram. He's like, you know, you can yeah, suck at golf, volley. just suck fast. fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> suck fast. Yeah. It's like it's not, yeah. it's not crazy. Yeah, no, exactly. no one cares, and that's a lot of. Especially, I don't want to be misogynistic, but especially with women, it seems like they're most intimidated to get in the game because they feel like they're not good enough. From what I teach, 100%. and in reality, yeah. it's yeah. like they're just afraid play to get on the court. Yeah, it's like yeah. play. Just uh, like you don't have to be good. Yeah. Almost every one of these guys sucks. Look around every range yeah. in America. It's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It is garbage swings, but it's like golf I think they does think not you need segregate to against anyone. Everyone, <laughs> no. you can all suck equally. Oh yeah, no you matter your race, like, your gender, anything. We can all be mm-hmm. horrible together. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that I I do agree. I a lot of like I gave these ladies like it was two of these ladies that work together. I gave them like five lessons this summer and they, they literally still have never played nine holes. Like yeah, we would go out on the here, range and, and they wanted to like get it's better. And we appreciate me. that. Like they asked me a bunch of questions about rules and what they should do. And yeah, that's fine. But it's just like, just get out. I'm like, as long as you're playing 15 minutes a hole, nobody's going to say a word to you. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And you don't like have to hole out every putt. Like if you're at eight or 10 and you just want to pick it up, Pick it up. Yeah. Pick it up. Same thing. I've taught these ladies all summer, and they still have been a little nervous to get on the course. We need more women in golf. I agree. Women actually play faster. I will say it right now. Women play faster than men. Women's league is always faster than men's league. Oh, yeah. When there's four ladies playing together, they are just – it feels like someone's hitting every five seconds. (laughs) It is like a machine. It's like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, same with kids. It's like when women and kids actually play fast – it is old men <laughs> that yeah. are killing this game. It's like the yeah, it's like I'd the entitled old men. Yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're like, oh, I've been doing time. this for forty years. You my know, God. I've paid my we dues. I can them. play as slow as I want. More women in golf. If you're listening to this, all our girlfriends started playing golf because us. Oh yeah, and <laughs> and also because they trying. never see us otherwise. And they all, yeah, they never hear, <laughs> see us otherwise. And yeah, they hate us for giving them tips. So it's a service, <laughs> but but yeah. So if you're a woman listening. Play golf and don't listen to your boyfriend or your husband because it's probably going to get in a fight. Find a PGA professional. Find a PGA locally. professional. Find your local PGA pro. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of Big Drive Energy. Huge thanks to Corey and Chris for whooping our ass on the course and then joining us. Uh, before yeah. we get out of here, you guys, as I mentioned earlier, use the code BDE to get 10% or $10 off a golf membership but you can also use the code bde at the denverlocker.com gets you 10 percent off any of our merch here we got the kale shirt that just came out the sambor shuffle shirt uh so much awesome merch down there it's just uh everything d-line co and them put out is incredible it's super soft super comfortable awesome if you're a denver sports fan so use our code bde get 10 percent off anything in the dnvr locker also if you guys like this podcast give us a rating share it uh, tell a friend about it or 10 or a million every friend you got that's into golf give us a chance give us a rating on itunes spotify wherever you may listen to this podcast but we appreciate you guys all listening Corey, chris thanks again guys thanks fellas thank you guys thanks boys. have us on again and with that <laughs> that's more interesting stuff. <laughs> big drive energy we are out Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. 
You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with privacy mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course, present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh! There it is. Drawing board or Miro. Our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's one. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro Brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com.